0: Well, good morning, my fellow in-chargers. So today, well, first off, this is Julie again, back with another episode of You're in Charge. And it's morning where I am. I don't know what time it is where you are or what time you're listening, but welcome. And thanks for returning or being here for the very first time. And today's episode, I am going to issue a trigger warning. This one's gonna be deep and it has the ability to cut really close to the quick. What is the quick? The quick is the thing on your fingernail. If you have pets and you've ever cut their their toenails, their claws, and you cut the, them too close, you cut the quick and it starts to bleed. So. I'm possibly gonna cut you right to the quick with this one. It's not intentional, but it is kind of intentional. so I'm just warning you, and here we go. What am I talking about today? Um, opening up. why would that trigger you why why would you issue a trigger issue a trigger warning for that, Julie? because opening up. <clears throat> requires vulnerability. It's also kind of um, a confusing thing to do. We're not really sure what it means to open up. Like if somebody says, Oh, you're closed off. Yeah, what do, what do you mean? I'm not closed off. I'm fine. Right there. There's the defensiveness. And the guard is up. So you are not open. But the fact, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that yet. So opening up, why do we need to do it? Because it makes us safe. Wait, what? How does opening up make us safe? Doesn't that make us more vulnerable? Mm, Counterintuitive, huh? Here we are with the, with the triggers. That's why. So the things that I'm going to say, I'm going to try and ease into this, but God only knows what's going to come out of my mouth. I have no idea myself. It's fun, isn't it? Surprise for everybody involved. Whee! So when we open up, we, we open up to the possibility of good things coming in. But when we open up, we it's not like a faucet where you have warm on one side or hot water on one side and cold water on the other. And you can say, okay, well, I'm only going to let in the warm water things, the, the things that make me feel good. And I'm going to close off those cold water things that are, ooh, no, don't need to touch those. When you open up, you're opening up to everything. And that's the vulnerability. And then we think, okay, well, that's the thing that makes us unsafe, right? Well, yeah, right and wrong. So I'm gonna use an example of growing something, growing a garden of some sort. When you go to grow something, you're doing it with the intention of feeding yourself, of getting a harvest of something. So let's use lettuce for an example. If you're going to go out into your garden and, and prep the land, and you know it can be a very small patch, it can be a little um, planter or something like that, and you can just grow your lettuce in that. You're opening yourself up to having somebody else also see that lettuce and say "Mm, I want that lettuce for myself now that somebody else could be a neighbor and you walk away and they steal your lettuce once you've been nurturing it all this time or more commonly it could be something like a little critter like a bunny rabbit or the deer and they love lettuce too. And they're not thinking, oh, this person just went out and planted the lettuce and I should let them have their lettuce. They're thinking, ooh, yumminess. I'm just going to go eat that. They don't know about boundaries and, and not opening, you know, like property lines or whatever. It's dusk, it's nighttime, it's date like early morning, whatever. And I'm hungry and ooh, I see that lettuce over there and they're going to start nibbling on it. Okay. That's a possibility. So you can fence off that lettuce. You can fence off your yard. You could do all kinds of things. You could spray it with something that was a deterrent. There's a lot of different possibilities. One of my favorite deterrents is partner planting so you would plant next to the lettuce something that the rabbits and the deer don't like such as marigolds and now the smell of the marigold is off-putting to the deer and the rabbit so they don't go near the lettuce because they're thinking i don't it, it, i i'm assuming that the marigold overpowers the smell of the lettuce so now you think that the lettuce is going to Taste bad too, so they don't go near it as much that's a way to open up and have things still flow, but it's a a guard of sorts it's a friendlier guard than the fence or let's say a pesticide or a um uh, what am I thinking of the habanero spray you can you can spray a pepper spray um not like mace (laughs) but like um something that would deter it would it the taste buds obviously if you have a a habanero spray that you put on the lettuce it's going to be hot to the the rabbit or the deer that eats it and then wow they're not going to want any more so they might get a quick nibble but Then there's also washing that off, or but you could also do pesticides. Okay, I'm rambling down a road here, but the idea is that you're creating a safeguard of that lettuce, and we create these safeguards for ourselves, but sometimes those safeguards can start to take more of our focus than the actual thing that we were trying to create, that opening up to. So if you wanted that lettuce and you were really focusing in on that, now you might be constructing huge fences and gates and, and different things that take a lot more time, labor, money, um, wherewithal, like there's there's more to it. And now, let's say you did build that fence with a gate and maybe even bird mesh over top of it or something, like it's, it's all caged in. Now, your focus is no longer on the joy of growing that lettuce as much as it is as protecting that lettuce and that's what we tend to do with our emotions and our kids and our pets and our lives in general maybe it's our house maybe it's our job maybe we we focus in to what starts out as a really good intention to harbor safety Oh so that we can nourish that thing that we want to grow. So in my instance it's lettuce. But what if what you want to grow is human beings? Or more importantly, you want to grow connections and loving emotions and joy. But now you've safeguarded around them so you haven't opened up but you've closed down. Because what happens in our lives, it's happened to all of us, is we get hurt through our life. We, a, a friend doesn't choose us to sit at the lunch table with them. Or we're picked last for dodgeball. For you younger folks, dodgeball was a great pastime where you got to legally beat the crap out of your enemies with a big pink ball. It was awesome. But everybody who knows what dodgeball is is hearing that twang of that ball right now. It's an amazing thing. But we don't have those things in our lives anymore because somebody safeguarded us away from them and said that they were dangerous or they were mean or bullying or whatever. And there are good things to be had within the bad. But when we open up, we have to invite in the possibility of the bad, and we can safeguard against it. But then there's over safeguarding, like I said, and I know I'm on repeat. And I told you, I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. I just knew that this topic needed to be talked about this morning. And what's once supposed to be holding your hand while you cross the street, while you learn to cross the street, becomes don't cross the street without me, becomes don't cross the street, becomes the streets are are unsafe, becomes stay in the house, becomes something more than the nourishing of exploring our world and knowing what comes of when we do explore our world and what, what happens when we cross that street is we might have other people watching us. And that's something that we got away from in our society is watching others from, a place of loving turned into watching others from a place of judging and wanting to blame and and point fingers. So what do I mean by that? I mean, it used to be that the village really did raise the child. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a place in a time when other parents were looking out for you. I had extended family also looking out for you. When you were out and about, there were eyes on you everywhere. And you didn't know necessarily that those eyes were watching you. It could be Mrs. Peterson, and I'm using a fictitious name right now. It it might be Mrs. Johnson, again, another fictitious name. Just You might be doing something you shouldn't, but you didn't know who was watching you. And you might even be able to complete that thing that you shouldn't have been doing, but you weren't going to be Avoiding the consequences of that because later on you didn't what you didn't know was Mrs. Johnson called up your mother and told her what she saw you doing and so now you were going to pay the price later on so you got to do the thing and the safeguards were in place because there were other eyes on you and you learned a lesson and oftentimes now in today's society we're not allowed to learn the lesson we're just out and outright smacked down for doing the wrong thing so we've been told not to make mistakes and maybe it's not directly that you've been told not to make mistakes you were learning by watching others and what happened to them when they made mistakes and Oh my God, you started to do things in such a way that I will not fail. I will not make this mistake. And I'm watching our society grow over the last few decades to a place where they get really good at checking the proverbial boxes, doing the right thing, so to speak get the right grades, do the right extracurriculars that will get you into college, volunteer at the right places, make it look a certain way, date the certain person that looks a certain way, makes a certain amount of money, has the right family. Those are all checking the proverbial boxes. But what I'm seeing now are the repercussions of when we check those proverbial boxes when we that's all we do in that safeguard of don't make the mistake don't open up just do as you're told go 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 and there's a do as you told that keeps you safe and there's a do as you told that doesn't keep you safe and that's the same thing that's confusing about this opening up And being exposed to risk and vulnerability, as well as being exposed to the good things. When we do these things, you have to know yourself. And when we check the boxes, we're not being exposed to what, or we're not allowing ourselves both, to be seen for who we are, to be making those mistakes, allowing for mistakes, allowing for risk and vulnerability. So now, down the line, all the box checking, there's no resilience created, there's no Roots being strengthened, there was um, scientific experiment done with biospheres. If you're not familiar with the biospheres, it's an enclosed atmosphere. It's literally self-contained. So you could have like say a glass ball and inside of it could be water goldfish plants and if you do it right it would create the 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 plant would create oxygen which would oxygenate the water which would allow the goldfish to breathe and so on and so forth and so this biosphere was created and with trees and like it it was a, a large biosphere and the scientists were studying it. And what kept happening is the trees would fall over and they couldn't figure out what was happening and why the trees were falling over. And then they realized that there was no wind within their biosphere. And that wind created the resistance which strengthened the roots of the trees. And without that adversary, without that resistance, the roots didn't strengthen, so the trees tipped over. When we're checking the boxes of our life and we're not really questioning if this fits for us, if this is truly going to make you happy, or if it's just something that's Perfunctory, something that you just need to do for the sake of doing it, and you're not, you're just going through the motions. It's not going to give you that resilience. And what will happen is you'll start to develop numbing and addictive behaviors and i think i've mentioned addictive behaviors it's not necessarily the the classic alcohol drugs you know sex relationships whatever it's it can be that that the eating it can be it can be the codependency it can be um picking up your phone too often it can be drama there's a lot of different things that we build into our lives in order to feel alive feel alive feel those things that you're hoping to nurture to open up and and we kind of get into it in a distorted skewed sideways kind of way instead of going into it direct directly so opening up is a really challenging a necessary thing to do so let's go back to the kid crossing the street opening up requires a trust a trust that you know how to cross the street safely you look both ways before crossing to make sure that there's not traffic that you would be crossing into. There's a lot of components to being able to cross that street safely. And a lot of them we're not even really thinking about, but being taught, were we taught how to cross the street safely? Or did you just one day walk out of your house with your parents not knowing and you crossed the street? And maybe Mrs. Peterson was across the street and maybe Mrs. Peterson had eyes on you and you didn't know it. And she was allowing that to happen. So she could grab you when, when you got across the street or stop traffic if there was something that was, you know, that it was going to be a, an imposition. It was going to be an unsafe thing. But what happens if the parents realize that when you were crossing that street, if, oh my God, my child got out because I didn't lock my door. Okay, now the parents might lock the door all the time. And now that's sending a message to that child. Whether the child is conscious of it or not, it's saying, I wasn't safe. I didn't do something. I made a mistake. And now I can't cross the street. Not only I can't cross the street; I can't leave my house. And so these little things start to get built in to our belief system, where we are not safe, and we little bit by little bit start to shut down. Did the parents intend to make their child not feel safe? No. They might just need to go about their day, and they're thinking. Well, let my child explore the inside of the house, not the outside, and they can do that safely. But there could be a sideways belief that was developed because of that. So we can start to build these beliefs over time and they can build on each other. I'm really not liking where this is going, but I'm kind of liking where it's going, because it's feeling uncomfortable to me. I'm not saying this well. I'm not doing this well. I'm not worried about being judged so much about it, but getting the point across. And while that's a physical safety, And while I've talked about the safety of a child growing up or the lettuce being grown, there's an emotional safety that we need to create too. And there's an internal and an external composition of all of these things. Opening up is a finessing of our world, internal and external. And some of us are able to open up because we felt physically safe in our worlds. So therefore, you had an emotional safety or vice versa. It could be that you had an emotional safety maybe because you had a sister, a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, who made you feel emotionally safe, who when that kid across the street hurt your feelings and didn't include you in the the neighborhood game, when you were sad about that, maybe you had somebody that you could be hugged by And that made you say, yeah, you know what? Like made you feel okay to express that sadness and that hurt. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you were told when you were excluded from that game, maybe you were told to suck it up, move on, get over it. Hurts happen. And there's where your armor starts to come in. And you start to shut down a little bit. You've got the message. It's not okay to, to feel hurt, to feel sad, to feel excluded. That was your emotional crossing of the street, where you just kind of got, maybe, maybe you didn't get hit by that car, but maybe it was really close and scared you emotionally. I'm using that as a metaphor, but what's happened, What what is inspiring this episode, this um, podcast episode right now of opening up is actually something that I'm seeing all day, every day now and it's based around our school shootings and if you are not in the US it's um this is something that that's affecting our culture in a big way and there's a lot of argument about how to stop these school shootings and and what to do and if you're in Europe or Vietnam, or someplace Vietnam is a horrible example yet. that's the one that I was thinking of, because I know I've got followers there, which is strange to me, but cool at the same time, um, because Vietnam was not safe at all, but maybe it is now. And you had a different type of shooting. you were invaded. But now we have that that in, invasion happening on our own ground, our own soil, by our own citizens. And it's a very confusing thing. And I don't typically get into politics. I don't like politics, but this doesn't feel like politics to me. This feels like out-and-outright safety, You're, like our day-to-day. We're supposed to live in a free country and it doesn't feel free when you're worrying about your own children going to their school where they should feel safe where they should be safe and what i'm going to say is going to be incredibly controversial and i do not mean to offend but if you are offended i want you to look at that i want you to look at why you're offended But I'm going to tell you that I believe our answer in preventing these school shootings is not to close down, but to open up. What do I mean by that? I mean, we talk about arming our teachers. We talk about metal detectors and gates and fences and alarms and predictive behaviors and we talk about and we're not just talking about it people are actually doing this they're creating these these quote-unquote safeguards and they're performing drills that are scaring the shit out of our kids. There are kids that are suffering from PTSD, not because there actually was an active shooter in their school, but because there are active shooter drills in their schools. The drills themselves are scaring our kids to a point of needing therapy, of creating PTSD. Do you know what that means? We are creating unhealthy kids by trying to safeguard them. That is messed up that is beyond messed up. So what am I saying? I'm saying we need to get back to the Mrs. Petersons and the Mrs. Johnsons of the world. We need to be in a world where there are all eyes on our schools because we have a vested interest in keeping those kids safe and knowing what our part is. And sometimes our part is just to be watching and to know that there would be a consequence on the other end. But we've gotten so far away from that that we think that the only way to do this is to lock down our schools, lock down our houses, put up more gates, more fences, more, more protective units. Okay. So that's the extreme to what happens to ourselves internally. That happened little bit by little bit by little bit and got away from us. So trying to reel this back in, how did we get there? we started by thinking that our defenses were our safety and they are but when our defenses get out of control this is what we've created this is our defenses out of control this is this is our thinking that it's Freedom. It's not freedom when you're jailing yourself. It's not freedom at all. It's not even a little bit close to freedom. It's not like you're not even going to be able to enjoy that lettuce that you're growing because now it's like adding bulletproof armor to your garden you You've put up so many shields the light can't even get in, and now your lettuce is gonna die because it can't have the very thing that it needs of sunlight. What's happening in our world is we shut down our emotions we shut down everything, okay, let me. Let me go back. Anger is healthy. It's a healthy emotion, but it is not a primary emotion. It is a secondary emotion. What does that mean? It means anger doesn't show up except to bodyguard sadness and hurt. And anger can be like that marigold that you plant next to the lettuce. It can be there and it's a healthy thing and it creates a little bit of bitterness. The marigold has a little bit of bitterness to it, a little bit of anger. That's healthy because that protects the the lettuce. Now imagine that like flexing on somebody where you just kind of, if if they were going to be a threat to you, you might just kind of step at them or like quick thrust at them and they might jump back. That's a little bit of anger that just says, ah, stay away from me, back off. That's a healthy thing. Keep me safe. We know, hey, I'm keeping you in check. You've crossed my boundary. That's not safe. For me, and I'm going to hold up my boundary and say a little bit of anger, boom, flex. And then they go, ah, all right, you're not going to just be a pushover. Got it. There's that little bit of wind, a little bit of resistance that strengthens your roots. That kind of anger is healthy. What happens when that anger gets to be... The thing that you think is safe. You've seen it. You've seen it happen. That person that you won't approach anymore because they are so angry. They are so bitter. They are so defensive. You don't want anything to do with them anymore. And where did that anger come from? That anger came from that person feeling hurt, feeling sadness and never having the safe environment to explore that hurt and that sadness, to have it heard, to have it seen, to have it explored. So when somebody has gotten to that space, yeah, they might be unsafe for us and you might avoid them but what really needs to happen is there needs to be a place where that person can express their hurt and their sadness without being judged without adding more to it but okay wow here's the confusing part that person themselves is not going to feel trusting in having that safe space. So let's say Aunt B herself shows up to offer that angry person a hug and a safe space to be heard, to be seen, to to do that expressing of that emotion that got them to that space. You think that person's going to open up just because Aunt B is there? No. That person learned time and time again, it was reinforced over and over and over in their life, that it's not safe to open up to Aunt B or anybody else. So you have to offer that that safety, but keep offering it. Keep offering that, that opportunity, for safety, for nourishment, for that non-judgmental space. How do we do that when we've gotten so far away from that safe space? You have to start inside of yourself. You have to meet yourself in that safe space because Where that is, where that safe space comes from, is not out there. It's in here. And yes, somebody outside of you might offer you that gift of being able to open up. (laughs) There's my dog opening up. He's safeguarding me. Somebody just drove too too close to my property. He didn't like that. Letting that be known. And I can now walk beyond my dog out to the street and wave at the person and let them know my dog's really not that harmful. I'm there as that safeguard. I don't know. He's not liking this at all and I can let my dog know, it's okay, you've done your job and they're passing by. It's okay, it's safe, but we need to keep reinforcing that. We need to keep reinforcing what's safe. How do we know what's safe? We don't, we don't always know. What's safe? That's the risk. And I'm brought back to my friend reaching out to me to apologize. Now it might seem like she she knew that she could apologize to me because I was safe. She didn't know if I was safe. She didn't know, like we had built a relationship at one point where our friendship was a very safe space for both of us, and then it got to a space where it wasn't safe and we walked away from each other. And we both had a negative impact on each other. Now, why that negative impact happened might've been because of a belief that she had It might have been because of a belief that I had and those two beliefs met each other. We don't really know. But at one point we had the safe space. Now we no longer had it. And now it had been a very significant amount of time, years, since we'd had that safe space. Since that altercation had happened. Caused us to walk away from each other. So while there was history of the safety, she did not know if I was going to be a safe space. She didn't know if I was just going to tell her to fuck off when she reached out. So that safe space had to start inside of her first. She had to trust herself enough to reach out and to risk opening up. She had no idea how that was going to be received. And what she was doing was trusting herself to recover. If I didn't receive her well enough to her liking, whatever that was, if it was, if it was going to be a defensive response or no response at all, oof, oof, how does that one hurt? That one, can hurt worse than anything. That silence can be so bad. But she was trusting herself to be able to recover no matter what my response was. Whether she knew that consciously or not, that's what she was doing when she first reached out and sent me that message. And then it can unfold from there and open up she didn't even know like once i had responded and said yeah i'm open to a conversation thank you for reaching out she didn't know how the actual reaching out how the actual conversation was going to go i didn't know either but it gave me the opportunity to open up to her as well and for her it like to open up to me so there you are we had to meet and that requires opening on both ends. Both people had to come to that and open up. The vulnerability, the risk that, take, that it takes to open up is truly an impenetrable strength that we have gotten away from in our society. And that is what we need to nurture. So how do we start to heal this situation where we're being attacked on our own soil? Our children are being murdered by those that are unsafe, how do we do this? We start from both ends at the same time. We start from the internal, inside of ourselves, learning to open up, learning where it's safe to open ourselves up. And that means having to meet yourself where you feel unsafe. And sitting with that, truly sitting with those emotions that are there, not judging them, not saying, well, this person did this to me. Therefore, that's why I'm unsafe. But just sitting with the result of the emotion, like the emotion is the result of Whatever that behavior was, whatever that situation was that caused you to feel unsafe, don't judge it, don't blame it, don't blame them, just sit with the emotion that was the result of it. You felt unsafe, okay? Sit with that unsafe feeling. Imagine yourself sitting by a campfire or in your own bed or imagine a scene that is so safe to you. It could be a cave with a a hole in the ceiling. I guess that's not technically a cave. I'm not sure what that is. I know that there's some sort of geological structure that that is, but has light to the ceiling, from the ceiling, from from the top coming in sunlight but you're surrounded on all sides by this ancient rock geodes of sorts maybe there's maybe there's a a lake that you feel safe in surrounded by woods maybe it's just your own bed or your closet going in there i know i had a client that She would literally take calls inside of her closet because it made her feel secure. Okay, good. Do that. Imagine that. Imagine whatever space it is that you feel safe in and really get into that. Use it as a meditation, an exploration and create it in such a way that the visual is so strong that you actively feel safe what's the texture what temperature is is the space is is there a breeze are you inside are you outside is there music playing or sounds in the background deepen it so intensely that you actively feel like you're there. And once you've got that, have that be your safe space that you go to when you're exploring your emotions, these unsafe feelings. And then imagine your younger self sitting beside your older self now. And you're having a conversation with your younger self. That whatever age that was where you first started to feel this feeling, this scary feeling, this hurt feeling, this vulnerable feeling. And let them know that it's okay. You've got them. You're going to sit beside them. And you're going to just allow this feeling to be there. Ask them what they need. Hug them if that's what they need. Let them cry. Canter them. Throw things. Imagine it all in that space. Because you will actively have an emotional release from this activity. And something else will come up. Something else will occur to you. They... They might say something to yourself and now you have the ability as a grown person to keep that younger self safe. Ask them what they needed. Did they just need to be heard? Have they just been so angry that they haven't been safe? That they were just looking for you to make them safe. How are they going to feel safe again? Because. I can guarantee it's not with an AK-47 that they're going to feel safe. They don't even know what that was, not when they were younger. Their safety is in feeling that their emotions are okay, that you, your older self, isn't going to step away from your younger self and leave them there, just without knowledge, without safety, without comfort, without security. They want to know that they're secure. That's what your anger is about. You want to know that you're secure, that you're safe. So give that to yourself. Create this image. Start there and feel those feelings that you weren't allowed to feel growing up. And keep going back and revisiting that. And I promise you, your world is going to start to change. You're going to start to find ways that you will feel safe in your own world because this is the healing. When people say, oh, heal that, let go, take care of that, that's what they're talking about is doing something like this, meeting yourself where you weren't met in your world before not because those people were malicious and mean. Some of them might have been, but they might not have known how to take care of you. They might have been that injured child raising you, but they were just in an adult body. They didn't know how to do this. I'm trying to teach you how to do this for yourself. So that's the inner work. You are safe to do this work. Create that safe space for yourself. Do this for yourself. So that's where you start is on the inside. While simultaneously starting at the outside by listening to others. What does that mean? Does it mean hearing them? Oh yeah, you said you needed milk at the grocery store. Now, that's that's hearing. listening is something entirely different. When you listen to somebody, you hear what it is that they're not saying as much as what they are saying. You're not there trying to think of how you're gonna respond after they haven't even completed what it is that they're saying. Listening is an art form and it is the first and foremost thing that will heal them, and heal yourself. When you actively listen to somebody, it is it is validating beyond validating. There's a relief. There's a release. There's a it lets the air out. It lets the steam out. You can feel it when you have been heard. Your shoulders let down. You can breathe. You know when you've been heard. You can see when they've been heard. You can see it in them. Their guard comes down. That is what we need to do in this world. We need to open up to ourselves and we need to open up to them, whoever they are, actively listen, hear them, hear their anger, their sadness, screaming to be heard. How can you hear them? Can you receive them? Can you do that? If the answer is no, then it's okay. Let it be no. Because it's better for you to acknowledge that you can't do that right now than to go in there knowing that you can't receive them, that you can't hear them, that you can't validate them, and create an unsafe atmosphere again. Because you will injure them. You'll injure yourself. You will create more harm. That is saying that, oh, my work is inside me this time. When I can actively listen to them, when I know the difference between am I ready to hear them or am I incapable at this moment, when you can delineate between that difference when you can discern if you are ready or if you are not, oh girl, man, mm, that, that is healing. That is where we really truly start changing because then that in that discernment You know where your boundary is. You know, okay, I am not able to do that. So now you have a choice point. Now you can retreat back into yourself after saying, hey, I'm not available at this time. I can't do that thing right now, whatever that thing is that's being asked of you. Maybe it's just to go to a social engagement, maybe it's adding another project on at work. Maybe you don't have the capacity to hear your child's homework issues at that moment. And you can say, hey, I want to help you, but I can't right now. I need to take a minute and just come back to me. Okay, that takes a lot. That takes a lot to be able to say that, to be able to hold that boundary. So then. You have that choice point to hold that boundary. Then go and honor that boundary and go find a safe space and take a couple of minutes. And here's another tidbit that I'm going to give you. This one is a tip. Don't always have huge copious amounts of time to do this inner work. So we have on our phones a timer, egg timer type of thing. You can set that. I want you to set it for two minutes. Go find a safe space. Maybe it's the bathroom, maybe it's a closet, maybe it's something where you get to have two minutes set the timer to feel whatever it is that was coming up that made you not feel capable of hearing them, seeing them, knowing what it was that you needed to do because there's something that was blocking you. So whatever that feeling is, I want you to identify the feeling, if at all possible. If you can't identify it, just go and know, okay, I have two minutes and I'm going to find out what that emotion is. So you go and you set your timer for two minutes and you say, I feel. And then boom, whatever pops up, whatever that emotion is, it's probably going to be sadness or anger. Those are the things that are gonna be there. Frustration. Okay. Yep. Those are components of anger. So feel it. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. Say it. Don't blame anybody. Catch to any story. Just that's what I feel. Until you feel the frustration release, and then something else is gonna pop up, and you keep feeling until whoo suddenly you've heard yourself, you've listened to yourself, and I guarantee you will not be able to do this for two minutes. You will get to that neutral position in under two minutes if you do it correctly. Holy crap. Is that like, oh my God. Can you do that in two minutes? Yeah, you can. You can feel your feelings that quickly. You can turn yourself around that quickly if you hold the boundary, you set the time aside, and you do it. It requires going back and doing this time and time again. You will get better. Part two of opening up. So I just learned something new. I learned that. I can only record an hour-long podcast. So (laughs) I got cut off, and that was interesting for me. I'm opening up, and I'm learning something new. I'm learning how this technology works. But let me get back to what I was saying. So I figured out that (laughs) I ended just after telling you about how to feel your feelings and how to listen to yourself and honor what's going on inside of you. And what I realized is I've given you a lot during this episode. I've given you a lot to think about. I've given you exercises, multiple exercises for you to create that space for yourself and ways to help yourself, which therefore helps others. But I wasn't sure how this episode was going to go. And it was definitely bumping along and I wasn't really liking it. And I almost shut it off and just walked away from the entire thing, deleting it entirely. But I like where it ended up. And I think that that's actually a great example of what I'm talking about with opening up. You can be bumping along and it won't feel comfortable and you might not want to do it at all. More than likely, you really don't want to do it. And I'm going to encourage you to do it anyway. Because when you do it, when you start to open up more often and you get you get better and better at it, it becomes easier. It becomes a habit, a good habit, a healthy habit. And the next thing you know, you're growing things in your garden that you didn't think that you could grow. So you might start out with that lettuce. And the next thing you know, you're, you're growing strawberries and apples and you've got Swiss chard and you've got beets and beans and... Squash and corn and potatoes and all kinds of stuff. And you're like, wow, look at my garden grow. Yeah. What you're trying to do is you're trying to grow your emotional garden. And why that's important is because we all have emotions. Every one of us. We were born with emotions. Some of us are more adept at dealing with the emotion. And that's just because of who we are innately, but it's also because of who how we practiced. And you can actually grow your EQ, your emotional quotient. Your IQ is stationary. There it is. You is, you'll always be as smart as you're gonna be. I mean, assuming your brain is fully developed. But your emotional quotient can change. And you can adjust how you approach your world. You can deepen your connections with people. You can create new relationships. You can let go of toxic ones because you're learning about your emotions. I've given you a bunch of exercises and a lot to think about. And I would encourage you to probably listen to this podcast again. I'm not one to go back. God, that's actually probably a shortcoming of mine. I write things down, I record things, and I don't go back. I don't listen to them. And had I done that at some point in my life, um, had I made that more of a habit, I might have learned my lessons A long, long time ago, I might have made it easier on myself. And what's the lesson in that? Listen to yourself. If you write things down, if you record things, go back and reread them, re-listen to them. I don't care how you record it. it. It could be a video. It could be photography. Like, go back. You've been giving yourself clues all along. But listening to yourself is the key. It's the key to everything. You already know your answers, but if you're not listening to yourself, if you're listening to somebody else thinking that they have your answers, those are your pitfalls. That's where you're really gonna fall down in flight because they don't have your answers. You are the expert in your life. I don't care how old you are. You know yourself better than anybody else. But you might have thrown up a whole bunch of blocks and put them as safeguards to keeping yourself safe from the outside world. Well, what you did was you blocked yourself from yourself. There's a whole lot more to that. But I'm going to close this out. And leave you in charge of listening to yourself, healing yourself by listening to yourself. Please reach out. Ask me questions. I want to help. I want to support you in doing this because it makes all of our worlds better. I love nothing more than connecting with all of you and I don't know where this podcast is bringing me. I didn't know where i I was stepping up and owning myself last year, and I did something that i um haven't done before, but I've wanted to i I always wanted to row skull um the the long rowing boats. Um, and we never had the opportunity when in high school, we didn't have those boats available to us. And in college, I didn't go to a college that had it. I would have walked onto the team at that point and and tried it. Then I finally did it last year and it actually opened me up to meeting new people that I haven't talked to all year long. I, when we closed out at the end of the season, um, at the end of the summer, early fall, I had no connection with them. Turned out that there's work that came back to me, not just a little bit, like a lot. I had no idea what that would open up. But what I the reason I was doing it wasn't to open up work. It was to open up me and do something that I always wanted to do. I listened to me. And I had so much fun doing it. It was meditative. It was exerting. It was challenging. Like there was so much that was in line with who I am. And I love it. And I go, I don't know how I was going to get back in the pond this year, but I'm back in it because the work that I'm doing is for this group. And then that group opened up work for me, and provided me a membership. Awesome! I get benefits from doing something that I had no idea how this was going to open up. I had no idea. And I didn't have any expectation of it doing this. But that's what opening up and listening to yourself can do. And so I'm doing it more and more. I'm opening up with this podcast. I have haters listening to me. And that cracks me up, cracks me up because they're supporting my podcast, whether they want to or not. They might have a sneer on their face when they're listening to this and they're listening to it to try to bash the hell out of me, but they're not. They're actually supporting me in doing that which just tickles me pink. That just makes me laugh so hard. So thank you to my haters who are listening to me right now. But it's the supporters that I'm really focusing on. And haters, if you can walk away with something that makes you a better person, please listen on. If you can have that opening up and think, maybe I had her pegged wrong and maybe I could Turn around and actually start to like her, good for you. That's not about me. That's about you. And if you can't turn it around and you can't like me, that's okay too. I'm not for everybody. This has been a great lesson for me too. Doing this podcast is challenging and threatening and life-affirming all in and of itself. And I challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone. Open yourself up, whatever that looks like. Start the conversation that you weren't sure you wanted to start. Go for the job that you weren't sure you should go for. Buy the house. Ask the girl out. I don't know. I don't know what it is that you're going to be looking for, but I'm hoping that you'll share with me what it is that you're choosing to do because I want to be your cheerleader. I want to be your supporter. I want to know how I can help you make the world a better place. All right. I know I signed off before, but I'm signing off again. So until next time, you're in charge. Take care.